welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The Bible is a collection of books, some of which include historical accounts, accounts which outline sequences of events in the order in which they happened to make up a narrative that can be understood, examined, and verified. Various times, events, and experiences that scholars have both studied and relied upon for centuries are recorded with amazing accuracy. Often the writers specified actual days, days in which different important events happened, and there is much we can learn as we read through the accounts of what actually transpired on those days and how they affect us even today. In this week's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Marvin Dirksen takes a look at four outstanding days as described in Luke's Gospel. Luke was a well-educated, observant, and careful writer who in his Gospel by the Spirit of God wrote about certain days. Days that include the day of our Savior's birth the day of visitation upon the city of Jerusalem, the day of judgment in the Old Testament story of Lot, and the amazing events that transpired on the great and terrible day of the Lord's crucifixion. All of these accounts contain valuable lessons for each of us in our day, and we trust that you will take in the great message of salvation that we can learn from them. We're going to just look at several scriptures here in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, this is known as the Christmas story. This is, a, this is a wonderful account. Luke 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So that includes us tonight. For unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We know that they went to check it out. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 4. A few pages over. Verse number 16. Now, the Lord is 30 years old. He has started his ministry. And in verse 16 of Luke 4, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. I think they were just going to say, what's he going to say about all this? What's next? And he began to say unto them, this day, this day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Gospel Luke chapter 19. For sake of time, we'll just read. Very briefly here, this is the story of Zacchaeus, and in verse 
number seven. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now go back in your Bible to chapter 17, verse number 28. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. That's a man in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. As it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Luke 19, verse 41. And when he was come near, that he's coming near to Jerusalem, the Lord Jesus, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Very sad words. Finally, Luke chapter 23. Read at verse number 50. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never a man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. A few nights ago, we were looking at John's gospel, and we noticed that John's focus is on hours, hours. We suggested that there were at least four hours in John's gospel that he wrote so specifically about. But when you come to Luke, if you've been following the reading, it's not hours now, it's days, days. I'm going to give you just a little test tonight. I just want to run some dates by you to see if, if any of these dates ring any kind of a bell in your experience or in your mind. What about October the 13th, 2010? Anybody uh, recognize that date? October the 13th, 2010. What about January the 13th, 2012? What about April the 15th, 2013? Boy, not much response. Well, you know, for an awful lot of us, those dates mean nothing. Just blips on the calendar. But you see, on the October the, the 13th, 2010, there were 33 men down in a, in a Chilean copper mine. They were facing death. Darkness, distance, death. And on that day, on that day, there was a little capsule that went down called the Phoenix. And if you remember that thrilling day, it was thrilling to me. I was following it on the internet. And one by one, 33 men were brought up from the, the depths of the bowels of the earth, brought from darkness to light. Do you think they'll ever, ever forget October the 13th, 2010? I don't think so. That was the day of our rescue. That was the day when everything changed. We were hopeless. But that was the day that we were saved. What about January 13th, 2012? Several thousand people boarded a luxury liner just north of Rome, Sibita Vecchia. They were going on a Mediterranean cruise. Now, who wouldn't like to do that? Beautiful part of the world. And as these cruisers got on board, you ever been on a cruise? Many times you scout through the ship and try and find all the details. I'm sure that's what they did. And of course, 
Away they went, left port. And as they were eating later on that night, a sound they had never heard before and had never anticipated rang through that ship. The ship had run on the rocks of Giglio, a little island. And before that night was through, there were 32 passengers had come to the end of their cruise and had come to the end of their life. Do you think those passengers that survived will ever forget January 13th, 2012? I don't think so. That was the day it happened. That was the day when our cruise ended. This massive boat ran up on the rocks. And of course, I've mentioned April 15th, 2013. Well, of course, that brings us to Boston, the Boston Marathon. And the race is being run and all the focus was on the finish line now. And as those runners began to draw near to the finish line, suddenly, as we likely remember now, those bombs placed on the sidewalk blew up. And all of a sudden, everything changed. Was it three people that died and dozens were maimed and injured? You see, tonight, we're living in a world in which every single day has tremendous significance. In fact, in God's view, he puts the stress on days, not the years. But, you know, we count in terms of years, don't we? But you know what God says? In the words of Moses, he says, So teach us to number our days, our days, that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. It's a day when you could start for heaven, or you could miss the open door and tragically lose your soul forever. So very briefly, I'd like to look at four outstanding days in Luke's gospel. We have read of them. We've read that little phrase, this day. This day. We've read what the Lord said in Luke chapter 19, thy day or your day. Your day. We've read in Luke 17, the same day. The same day. Something very tragic happened. And as Luke wrote about the crucifixion, he just says, and that day. That day. Do you know there are two hugely important days in the history of this world? Days that are outstanding. Days that have affected all of us. Day number one that has the highest significance is the day when sin came into the world. That takes us right back to Genesis chapter 3. What an awful day. What a tragic day. And we're still living with the consequences. The day that sin came in and everything that God had made was ruined. affected all of our lives. Now we can't help being born sinners with a sinful nature. But sin has affected every one of our lives, our thoughts, our deeds, our words, our actions, our steps, our motives. They're all marked and marred and tainted because of our sin. The day that sin came in. But I'm glad to tell you there was another day. Momentous day. It was the day when sin was put away. Of course, I'm speaking about the cross of Calvary, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you see, he had come. He had come, the Bible says, to put away sin. Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And that day has affected this entire world. And for many of us tonight in this audience that are believers, my, that day has changed all of our days. We have come to appreciate the man who loved us, who gave himself for us that day. It'll never be repeated. But we have read of four days this day. Your day, or the same day, and that day. I've tried to appreciate what the shepherds must have felt like because they were just keeping their watch, watching their flocks by night. Faithful shepherds. Uh, they, they didn't leave them out in the fields by themselves. They were right there with them. 
And suddenly, as we have been able to read this Christmas story, wonderful, isn't it? Suddenly, the sky was lit up over top of them. I can just see men trying to shield themselves from the glory of that scene. And the first words they heard were words of assurance. Fear not! For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, this day, in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. What a day that was. I've wondered why the angel appeared to those shepherds. It could well have been that these men were likely maybe speaking about the Messiah that was going to come. Very likely they were waiting for him. These were no doubt men that feared the Lord, and for 400 years God had remained silent. There was no open declaration of anything from heaven. But that night the silence was broken, and the angel said, He's come this day in the city of David, a Savior. And the man says, well, let's go. we got to see this. And they came, and they saw this little babe. First bed was a manger. He wasn't born in the manger. He was laid in the manger. First bed. You know who they were looking at? They were looking at the mighty creator himself, the great I am. They were looking at the very one that holds our breath and held their breath in his hands. And yet there he was in seeming weakness and smallness. He never ceased to be God. But in that moment of moments, he had entered the history of this world by way of that Virgin Mary. He'd come to visit us. We have read 30 years later where he goes into the into the synagogue there and he reads some wonderful words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. The attendant likely took it back to the library where they had all the scrolls. And then there was a hush over the entire synagogue audience. What's he going to say? What's this all about? Why did he read that passage? And with quietness and with confidence, the Lord Jesus said to that audience, this day, this day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, in your hearing? Those people didn't recognize how great a visitation that was. They failed to recognize who he really was. If they had been asked, what do you think of Christ? They said, well, he's just a carpenter. He's a carpenter's son. We know where he's from. He's nobody. But he said, this day, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. We have read in Luke chapter 19 about a man up the tree. Another thrilling story. And um, the Lord stopped at that tree. He knew that there was a man up in the up in the boughs, up in the branches, that wanted to have forgiveness. Perhaps you've come tonight and you would like to have forgiveness. Maybe you'd like to have peace. Maybe you're wondering, could I know that my sins are forgiven? Maybe you've come to these meetings and... You realize, but people here seem to be happy, and yeah, we're, we're sinners, but we are happy. Sinners saved by grace, we, we are happy. You know why? Our sins have been forgiven. Now, maybe you've come like Zacchaeus. And the Lord stopped, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today, this day, this day, I must abide at thy house. And you know, we bring all these scriptures together. We understand that this is a day of salvation blessing. This is a day when... God wants to have dealings with you, not tomorrow, not next week. This day is a day of, of salvation blessing. I hope you understand this. You could leave this meeting 
rejoicing in salvation, knowing that the Lord Jesus is your Savior. Looking back, it was that day that I received Christ, and he means everything to me now. This day is salvation come to this house, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Your day of salvation. You could leave rejoicing. But we have read in Luke chapter 19, some very, very mournful words. The Lord Jesus drew alongside of Jerusalem and he said, uh, if you had only known, if you had only known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto your peace. Jerusalem is, its name means city of peace. But there was no peace in Jerusalem. No peace. And tonight, there's likely no peace in your soul. There certainly won't be if you're not saved, if you've never received Christ. Guilt of sin, fear of the future, guilt in the past, and so on. There's no peace for a person who's still in their sins. And as he came to a city that was was so favored, had seen so much truth, had experienced firsthand the grace of the Lord Jesus in such a very personal way, they didn't recognize him. They failed to understand that this was their day of visitation. And now he speaks about your day, your day. If you'd only known, even in this, your day, the things which belong unto your peace. What kind of a day is that? This is a day of opportunity, a day of opportunity, where the Lord Jesus is still inviting individuals, still drawing near. The Spirit of God is still working, and we're thankful for his working. We're thankful that he takes the Word of God and applies it to hearts and consciences. There are people maybe in the meeting tonight and you understand you need to be saved. That's part of the work of the Spirit of God. This is a day of opportunity. But here was a nation, and here was a people, and here was a city, and they failed to recognize Christ. I just looked it up today because it happened a hundred years ago, so none of us were around, but it was in northern Ontario in the month of July. That summer, July of 1916, had been very, very hot and dry. If you go north enough, you'll come to Matheson. I don't know if I've ever been to Matheson, but Cochrane, Matheson are all kind of in the same area of northern Ontario. And the people of Matheson were very concerned because when they looked up to the northwest, they could see some black smoke. And they knew what that meant, forest fire. And around Matheson in those days, there were thick pine forests, a beautiful area with some very, very wonderful timber. But the smoke didn't go away. And on July 29th, 7 a.m., the telegraph operator in Matheson wired up to the telegraph operator in Cochrane and said, any fire up your way? And the answer came back, no fire, but lots of smoke. 7 a.m., 10 a.m., three hours later, a farmer with his family in the Cochrane area galloped into town with some very alarming news. The message was, the whole world is on fire as they were fleeing south to try and escape that advancing fire. Interestingly, later on that day, just after lunchtime, there was a freight train, a freight train that pulled into the Matheson station. It wasn't hauling anything. All the cars were empty, and the doors were open, and it stopped there, and the conductor got out to a large crowd that had gathered there and said, listen, we're going south. Just come aboard. Just come aboard. We're going south. It won't cost you anything because the fire is coming this way. You know something? There wasn't one person, not one person, that got into those freight cars. Not one. And at 3.30 p.m., the fire hit Matheson. A raging inferno moved through that town. And every one of those townspeople's raced for the river. 
Most of them didn't make it. And between Cochrane and Raymore, which is 10 miles south of Matheson, after the fire had swept through, 300 charred bodies were found. Day of opportunity. Door was open. You can come aboard. We're heading south. There's safety. Tonight I want to tell you there's an open door. The Savior draws alongside of individuals. And he's inviting you to come. You say, I'm too bad. No, you're not too bad. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Doesn't matter about your past. If you have come here looking for salvation, looking for forgiveness, looking for peace with God, then you're, you're in God's scope. You qualify. But the big thing is, will this day of opportunity become your day of salvation? I can almost hear somebody say, I know I need to be saved, but well, maybe, maybe, maybe when I'm older, maybe when I graduate, maybe when I retire, maybe when life becomes a little more user friendly, not now, but later. This is your day. This is your opportunity. This is a day when God is inviting you and when the Savior is drawing near. We read about that day, that day. What a day that was, day of crucifixion, a day of absolute suffering. What we did to the Son of God is beyond description. To think of a, of a human being spitting and punching and piercing and crowning and whipping this wonderful Savior. That's what we did to Christ that day. And yet, my dear friend tonight, there's another part to that day. It was the day when a holy God dealt with the sin bearer that day. When we had done our worst and our last, when we had nailed Christ to the cross and said, that's the end of him, a holy God took up dealings with that man upon that middle cross. And there in the darkness and in the weight and in the storm of Calvary's sufferings, the Bible says he bore our sin in his own body upon the tree. Isaiah put it this way, he was wounded, wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment, the punishment so that we could have peace was upon him that day. And with his stripes we are healed. Let me ask you as I close, who did the wounding? Who did the bruising? Oh, you say, Marv, that's, that's what we did. No, not Isaiah 53 and 5. That's what a God of absolute holiness did to the sin bearer. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. When thou hast made his soul an offering for sin, and because, my dear friend, of what took place that day, sin has been dealt with. A door has been opened. The welcome mat is out. And there's a Savior. And he says, I finished the work. There will never be another Calvary. There will never be another sacrifice. That day settled it all. And tonight he desires that this might be a night when you would receive him, trust him, accept what he has done, and leave this day rejoicing. What will Christ mean to you? He'll mean everything. And I trust, my dear friend, you might not pass up your day of opportunity. This is your day. You're going to do something with Christ tonight. Receive him, I trust, and go in your way rejoicing. Yes, this is your day of opportunity, a day when you can hear the Word of God and believe it, a day when you can trust the Savior once and for all for the salvation of your soul. In these perilous times that we're living in, don't you think that that would be a wise thing to do today? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, 
Or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.